Hello, everyone. My name is Mason Snyder, and welcome back to the Mason J Show. Today, we have Owen Grant Bim, who is a great friend of mine from Baltimore. Grant is working as a real estate agent and absolutely killing it. Today, we talk a little bit about his real estate career, uh, a little bit more about some philosophies we have about life and uh, tools we use to push through hard times and just keep ourselves motivated. Uh, if you are new here, welcome. My name is Mason Snyder. This is the Mason J Show, where I talk to interesting people, friends that I've met, and occasionally do solo recordings just on life and my trek to learn about those around me. Um, please do enjoy the episode today with Grant Bim. Always feel free to reach out to me personally on Instagram. If you have any comments on the episode, suggestions for guests, or just further ideas you want discussed, my Instagram is at M-A-S-O-D-E-L-I-C. Without further ado, please enjoy the episode with Grant Bim. We'll just jump into it. First of all, thank you so much for being the second official guest on the hey. rebirth, the rebirth well, of the Mason J show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was excited when you were so down to come on uh, because you are definitely a unique friend that I've met in the past year. And there's a handful of people that I would use that specific word for because you Hopefully have in a like, good way. Well, yeah, definitely in a good way. Um, you know, you are someone that I've definitely gained a lot of respect for just seeing how you operate because we're, how old are you? You're 24? Uh, 25, I think. Yeah, 25. 25. You think, okay. <laughs> Somewhere around Somewhere there. in there, yeah. <laughs> so for 25, Grant, you have your shit together at an, an impressive level. Like the fact of how dedicated you are to your work, how disciplined you are with making your dials every night. And, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Grant is a real estate agent um, with Winning Realty, right? Yeah, Winning Edge. So yeah, Winning I'm, Edge. I'm an, I'm an associate broker. My dad owns the company and he's the broker for the company. Right. So I've seen, you know, over the past year, just kind of how you operate and we're in a group together where we meet um, every Tuesday with some like-minded people who, you know, are interested in growing. So I've learned about you and uh, kind of seen you in action a few times through that. And yeah, man, I hats off to you. You are a disciplined motherfucker. Well, thank um, you. That's what it, it's one of my, it's my greatest strength and it's also a curse because I, I can't turn it off. Well, it's only a curse to those who don't <laughs> see eye to eye with you, right? Yeah. Like it kind of yeah. works as a buffer to push out those who are going to bring you down in a way. Yeah, that's true. And that's what, you know, surrounding myself with people like you and people that are good, like-minded who, you know, make me, make me smile and make my day better is, is always nice to have. That's awesome, man. So look, run me through a day, run me through a Monday of yeah. your, like your work day. Yeah. So I, I actually, so most realtors, they, they think that, you know, they have the ultimate freedom and um, they don't have a schedule. And, and I think the ultimate freedom is when you have a schedule because then, you know, you, you already have your time, you know, locked in. So um, for me, I, I wake up most days around five o'clock um, and then uh, I, I work out. Um, I, you know, work out, you know, between probably, you know, just say between five and six thirty, I'll, you know, have, you know, a little thing of coffee. Um, I'll, uh, say my affirmations that I say in the morning, you know, read my goals. And then, uh, you know, I have a role play partner that, uh, uh, five days a week 
I have five different people who I role play with through scripts at uh, 730. Um, that takes, you know, between, you know, 15 minutes and 20 minutes. And then I typically hop on the phone right at or right around 8 a.m. And then uh, I'm done by 1130, get some lunch. Um, and then uh, we have a, an uh, assistant who helps us all the paperwork. And then um, so we go from there and then I do administrative work and then follow up on any calls I need to have after I do lunch. And then from there, the goal is to go on you know, appointments between really, you know, about, you know, one one thirty until dinner time. And if I don't have any appointments, then I'm on the phone. And uh, then I have dinner around six and, you know, between six and seven. Then if I don't have any appointments after then, then I'm back on the phone till about eight o'clock. Uh, and, and, you know, a short day for me calling is three and a half hours, four hours. Um, and I'll talk to 30 people. And then a long day was like yesterday, where it was eight hours and I spoke to 60 people. So mm -hmm. it, uh, it all it all depends if I have any any appointments. OK, that, that's a typical day in life. Yeah, that's a that's a hefty day. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like you enjoy it quite a bit. I mean, just from the times I've talked to you about your calls and stuff, I mean, you don't you're not someone that I've seen complain a lot about what your job requires. No, I, um, I, I don't know any other way to do it. And, and I'm, as you know, I'm pretty cheap. So I, I don't like the whole idea of, of spending money in advertising. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's my father taught me to do it this way. And I don't really know any other way to do it. So that's how I do it. I, and, and the way that I look at it is, you know, you're going to be, you got to make a living somehow. And uh, ha having a bad mentality about it, bad mindset about it doesn't help. So, I mean, I, I have people who tell me to fuck off and, you know, you know, go kick rocks and everything like that. And, you know, I, I kind of look at it, laugh, go, hey, they're having a bad day and move on. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you get a little bit of everything. You get good people, you get bad people and, you know, everybody in between. Okay. Now, I'm not sure how this question is going to come out. I might have to phrase it differently. Yeah. But so – did you, are you in real estate because you're good at it? You can understand it. You can do it. Or are you in real estate because like you actually have like a passion for it? Uh, I'm in real estate. And that's a good question because I, it's really the only thing that, that I knew growing up because my father did it um, and being around it my whole life. And then when I got into, I had an internship with a, with a software company called Gartner down in Fort Myers, Florida. And, uh, I, you know, I was there, you know, whatever it's worth, top salesperson as an intern and, uh, you know, throughout the company and um, through just cold calling while everybody else was doing it through social media and, and emails. And uh, my senior year in college, I had one too many concussions that they found out about. As you know, I've, I've had a bunch of concussions and they ended my career. So when that happened. They, my father spoke to the president at High Point University and said, hey, you know, can he come back and do, you know, you know, a quote unquote unpaid work study with me and uh, get 12 credits and still graduate on time because I only needed 12 credits to graduate. And then from there, it, I basically said, hey, you know, I've always, you know, wanted to do real estate. Let's figure it out. So I took those six months and said, hey, you know, the Gartner wants an answer by, you know, June, July. And by the time that, you know, I hate to say this way, by the time that they said, hey, do you want the job? I had made more money in that six months than they, you know, would have paid, you know, told me I would have made there. And uh, I said, I like this better. So yeah. uh, and, and I and I don't, you know, typically play well with others. So being, a, you know, being self-employed, you know, is, is, is nice um, just because, I you know, I, I like that. Yeah, because it seems like you have jumped 
many, many steps ahead of our peers around us, including myself. Like you've definitely found a groove, like attack that groove. And now you yeah. are just flourishing. I mean, you, you've said before on different calls, what your goals are to hit for closings or for sales, you know, for mm -hmm. the year. And, you know, you have that path to do. And so many of, so many of the people our age right now are simply trying to find out what that job is that's going to lead them yeah. to success. And you have such like a head start on everyone. That's, yeah. It's great for you. I mean, that's awesome that you've well, kind of. I'm blessed with it too. Cause I, I've had a, you know, a father who's helped me along the way with it. Cause he, he's mm -hmm. been doing it forever. I mean, I, I don't have access to his database or anything like that per se, but I, you know, I, I have him who guides me along and, you know, gives, you know, gives all the information in his head to me, but that's like, like we speak about all the time, me figuring out what your goal is and your passion is and, and going from there. And that's, so that's why you're out in Colorado to figure, you know, follow your passion. And once you mm -hmm. hit that, I mean, it's the sky's the limit when, when you, when you're doing what you love and then you have a purpose behind it. Yeah. No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. Cause that's exactly what brought me out here is, you know, I, I knew it took me a little while to find my passion. And I, I don't think yeah. I've necessarily narrowed it down to like a dime yet, but it's been a process of elimination. That's mm -hmm. kind of been my technique. Cause like, even yeah. before, like when I first moved into Baltimore, um, I knew I had wanted to go to Colorado because <laughs> I had tried that winter previous, right? I moved back yeah. from Chicago, um, stayed at my parents' house for a few months from June to June to November. And then the plan was to go right to Colorado. Uh, but the job I had applied for fell through. So I was kind of stuck for a little while. And uh, oh. but I mean, prior to that, that was the whole it's kind of been like my main purpose and focus is, all right, what? the hell am I doing here? Yeah. Like I have no interest in just working for a company to get a salary to go out on the weekends. Yeah. Like I want to live as quickly as possible. Yeah. You know, no, that's, that's the thing. And that's the, the, the I heard in a podcast or some speech the other day, it's the, the quickest way to figure out, you know, who you are is to figure out who you're not through the process of elimination. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes you gotta do what you do, which is, uh, you know, just, you know, move out, you know, leave all your surroundings and, and, and go, go figure life out, which I, I applaud that big time. Cause I, I wouldn't have the, the kahunas or the balls to do that. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it takes big stuff. I appreciate it. It, for me, it's, it has been, a, uh, it's been easier for me to find out who I am by doing that. Yeah. Cause like when I moved to Chicago, it's, or even like when I moved, you know, to Frostburg or when I moved to Ocean City and lived down there for mm -hmm. a summer, it's like yeah. you, you kind of leave behind old habits and, and mm -hmm. grooves that you've set like in your path that you kind of get stuck in that you don't even realize. So then it forces you to build new habits and like adapt to your surroundings and, oh, yeah. the gym I have been going to is I'm not here anymore. You know, I'm going to hold it in place. So now I have to find a new thing. And it's like that constant uh, revolving wheel of having to adapt to new surroundings, I think mm -hmm. is a good way to find out what you need and what you don't need. Yeah, no, I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's the, the and for me as somebody who's in, in, in a big time introvert, for me to turn it on and go out on the weekends, like when you, you know, like when you used to be in Baltimore and we would go out on the weekends, 
You know, it, it takes a lot for me and it drains me to go out that Friday or Saturday night and then go back and do the work because I, I am completely satisfied staying in my house and, you know, reading a book or being at the bar and just sitting there and relaxing, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what, being around people like you or Nick or Mike or Stein and all those people that, you know, more outgoing, you know, helps me do that because I, if, if I, if I had, you know, if I went to college and then play sports, well, if I, if I didn't play sports, I wouldn't have gone to college. Um, the, uh, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have had many friends because I was, I'm good with stay, staking to myself. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing I was curious to ask you too. So when you come out with us, uh, you know, when we were down and fed, you don't drink, right? No. You've never, you've never been about alcohol. Yeah, no, it's bad in my family. So I just, I just stayed mm-hmm. away from it. Cause that was another thing that like caught my eye in a good way. I'm like, cause yeah. when I go out to the bar, if I'm not going to drink, I'm like, I don't really feel like going out <laughs> yeah. because I don't, and I've gotten a little better with this through the last year of living down there and getting more comfortable in like the bar scene. But yeah. I almost like don't know what to do with myself. Like if I'm at the bar yeah. and I'm not drinking alcohol, like I have like an awkwardness about me because everyone around yeah. me is doing it. And I feel like, like they're on like a different level than I am and this and that, yeah. but you come out with us, you know, two times a weekend sometimes and don't drink yeah. at all, but also are, you're usually the last person, you know, standing, which is because yeah. you're not drinking. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But like, I bring that up because it's like you, you hang in there and like you have a good time, which is impressive, honestly. Yeah, no, that's what the, uh, the, the, and I have people who, you know, they, it was like when Nick first saw me, you know, first came out and Mike texted him and said, Hey, uh, I'm bringing my boy from home down and, you know, just a heads up. He doesn't drink. And Nick thought that I was hammered because, you know, he, he and he just because mm-hmm. I was having a good time. He was like, Mike was like, yeah, you know, my boy Grant's here. The kid who doesn't drink. He's like, what are you talking about? He, he's blacked out. <laughs> he's like, no, he's not. But no, that's the, you know, it's, you know, I, just, I you know, having a good time and doing that, you know, it's, it's fun. But it's the, yeah. it, it, de- it definitely, you know, growing up with people, you know, a lot of people don't believe it at first. And they're like, wait, you're serious? But it's, uh, I, I've just always stayed away from it. I mean, if I were to do a drug, I would do ayahuasca or shrooms just because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you know, I think that doing ayahuasca, I heard ayahuasca trips are pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a plug for the ayahuasca, but we could, we could figure something out. For <laughs> get, you, yeah. get you on a plane out here and see what we can do. <laughs> Amen to that. But what about you with out there in Colorado? Because I haven't asked, what's, what's the day look like for you? Have you adjusted? So are you still waking up as if you're on this side because you're like your Eastern standard time because of work or, or what do you do now? Well, yeah, I've had to adjust because we are mountain standard time here. So we're two hours okay. behind. So yeah. it's, it's six sixteen right now. Yeah. And it's eight yeah. sixteen where you are. So I, yeah. my day starts at 9am Eastern standard time. So I wake up mm-hmm. around six I'm I'm supposed to wake up around six and start work <laughs> by, by seven, um, yeah. which depends on how comfortable my bed is in the morning. Um, but, that. but uh, I have the luxury of not necessarily having to rush out of bed because my bed, as you can see, is right behind me, and I'm at my desk yeah. right now because I work from home. So that's yep. been a major blessing uh, for this job that I have now, and honestly spoiled me because I, unless I get, I land like a really dope job, like in the snowboarding industry in the field that yeah. pays well and also allows me to go out and snowboard, I don't yeah. think I would ever trade for going back into the office. Yeah, like it's such a blessing 
just for like the work life balance to be able to work from home, um, which is the best thing that's come out of COVID for sure. Uh, at least in my life. Cause I'm able to, Mm -hmm. you know, I have complete control over my time because I'm in my house. I, however I want it, you know, I can customize my setup to better fit my, my style and my comfortability. And anytime, you know, I want, I can go into the kitchen and make lunch. I can make breakfast. I I don't have to lose any time. I don't have to sit in traffic. I don't have to start my car. I don't have to pay for gas, you know? And it's just like, I, it almost, it doesn't feel like I'm self-employed, but it feels like I'm more of my own boss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I work, so I work from seven uh, till three because three, five is Eastern, t- mm-hmm. three here is five uh, over on the East coast, which has yeah. been pretty nice. Um, especially now with daylight savings time, that's finally switched. I mean, I get yeah. like a good, a good three, four five hours of sunlight after I get off work. Um, yeah. And I also can get out and like go to the gym before brush hour hits and get back yeah. before that. So it's been, it's been a pretty good situation also able to go up to the mountains uh, much more than ever before i mean I, that was the whole reason i moved out here yeah because uh, i would say if you were working if you were working with the job over there you know you wouldn't have much time to go to the mountains but being that you got the extra two hours because you're mm-hmm. working on eastern standard time versus you know a job that'd be working on you know mountain standard time I mean, you pick up two hours worth of snowboarding yeah 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 because i my whole schedule this winter has been um, I go Fridays and Sundays. I've learned very quickly that Saturdays are the worst day to go because from yeah. Denver, you have to take, uh, it's called I-70, which is the highway that yeah. goes out to Breckenridge and Vail and Keystone yeah. and eight, all the resorts out that way. And they're all about an hour and a half, two hours away from Denver. But that mm-hmm. I-70 is the only highway that goes out there. And yeah. it is a very dangerous highway. Like if you ever have driven out to Frostburg, that yeah. that route 70 same same yeah, highway it's same one yeah it's it's like that like it's like a super highway that cuts through the mountain but it's like I, yeah. it's like the route 70 in maryland times 10 on steroids like <laughs> that's because i because I, I went to vale one time for a lacrosse seminar or mm-hmm. a lacrosse tournament and i think that was the same road and you see like 18 yeah. wheelers like going slow as dirt mm-hmm. down you know up yeah. and down the hills you know just yeah you know, just just you know going super slow yeah it's no it's a serious it's like a very dangerous highway especially because people who aren't from here tend to drive recklessly on it and don't and kind of underestimate the fact that this is like a this is like a real highway like yeah, you could if you go too fast around a turn, like you're going off into a cliff. Yes, <laughs> and and it can be sketchy, especially in bad terrain too. But like what I was getting at is Saturdays, it's just traffic is horrendous. I mean, it's a two-hour drive that can easily turn into a six-hour drive yeah. just because of traffic. So I avoid Saturdays, but I've got my little schedule down. I'll go up um, after work on Friday to Keystone because they have night skiing. So I'll ski. I'll get there by five, ski five to eight, drive back up, and then do a full day on Sunday. Um, waking up at like 5 a.m., driving up there, getting there by the first chair, um, and coming back. And how long have you been snowboarding for? I remember in the podcast you did with Nick, but I I, I heard it, but I, I forget. How long have you been snowboarding for? So consistently since I went to Frostburg, um, mainly because of my access to the mountain yeah. being only like 45 minutes away. But I actually started learning – when I was in middle school, um, my mom got me like a snowboard set up one year and like a, a discount pass to Liberty where I took yeah. lessons for a season. And then 
I think did two seasons back to back and then took a break for a year and then got back into it. I mean, this was throughout middle school and high school and yeah. I really didn't have a car to get there. So uh, kind of out of my hands for some part of it. But yeah, and then more seriously, once I got to Frostburg and was able to go up to Wisp. Um, but it's always been, it's always been like that one thing that has kind of captured my, my attention because yeah. I've tried to put my finger on it. I think there's a few reasons, mainly one that it, I put so much time into it and it yeah. was so, so, so difficult to learn. Like yeah. I wasn't really an athletic kid growing up. Like I kind of cycled through a bunch of sports, but never really excelled in any of them. Like I did soccer for the longest amount of time and then did cross country freshman year of high school, did pretty well with that. Uh, but that's really just running. It's not like, yeah, there's not a lot of thought that goes into it. You know what I mean? Like, no, like thinking on your toes, like it's just you're yeah. running. That's so, a, and I think running is like the ultimate, like mental strength, like, you know, it is sport. I, yeah. I, I would love to run a marathon, but every time I do it, and it's probably a mindset thing. My, my knees and my body gives out on me, but I, I want to run a marathon so bad. It's definitely, you're right. It's a different type of mental strength. It's more just discipline and dealing with pain and pushing through that, like fatigue, mm-hmm. uh, but only in the beginning. I, well, yeah, depends what you're running. But like for me in cross country, it was we had a great group of people that ran. So it was yeah. more like a club of people in order to hang out with them. You had to keep up with them. Yeah. So it was like for so many, so much of the season when I first started, it was me just being behind, being behind, being behind, and then yeah. slowly being able to keep up. And then all of a sudden by like my second semester, like, Oh, I'm, I'm like in the pack, like literally yeah. a pack of people running. So that was, yeah. and it was a good time. And then once you're at that skill, it's just like, you don't get, you almost like unlock this new ability in yourself yeah. to just you run, but your running is like walking. Like you don't get tired. Yeah. You can have full conversations at like fast yeah. speeds. It's pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. I definitely am not at that level anymore. Well, that's how I was when I was really, you know, playing lacrosse in college and a little bit after my career ended. I mean, I, I trained every single day. It was like work. I mean, I mm-hmm. just, you know, every single day, never really took a day off, but I, I kind of beat my body up so much. But I, you know, at, at the height, I, I was running, uh, you know, I think the fastest I ever ran a mile was just under five minutes. Nice. Um, just and, under five uh, minutes? Yeah, just under five minutes. Like, that was like under fast. under six minutes. Under five minutes. <laughs> That's a, you were in a four so, minute, four minute and change. Yeah, it was like four fifty eight. So it was it was like just there. The but there was only, there was always this guy. <laughs> That's so fast. Always, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that. That's when I was athletic, but I, I was I was I was a decent athlete. But I I just you know worked really hard. But that's what I yeah. would I would run every single no. day when I was when I was down. I mean, I would run. You know, I'd run two miles and then some three hundreds and all that stuff. Yeah. But it was for me, it was hard to run the fastest. Just like anything, it's hard to run the fastest you ever can when it's just you. But when we had our conditioning tests and it was like, hey, it's time to go. I would yeah. always pick up another like. 20 or 30 seconds yeah grant you need to give yourself some more credit there because a sub five minute mile like four and 450 or whatever that's insane the fastest uh, i ever got was 525 we had we had a guy on the team ben baker and he ran like a 445 450 yeah. and he yeah. was just we, we he was in my house we, we lived in what was called the blue barn in college and uh you know he's he was just ridiculous. I mean, didn't look like he'd be a, you know, a great long distance runner, but it would always be like, 
you know, in any conditioning. He just, he wasn't super fast, wasn't super quick. He was pretty mm-hmm. quick, but uh, he just could keep that pace, like you said. And his legs never got tired. He, he had this weird thing where a lot of people's legs get tired, like I'm sure you know, and his yeah. legs never got tired. And uh, he would always beat me in the conditioning stuff. It, it, it used to drive me crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. That's nuts. But it's also just that competitive environment of being in college. Like, I don't think I'd have the drive now to get that good again. Like, I yeah. would get I would get good enough to run just casually, you know, maybe yeah. maybe keep a mile time around like six minutes, maybe 630. But like, I'd yeah. have no drive to push that hard to get it no. down. That's how um, I am right now. I mean, I, I remember how bad my body hurt when I did all the stuff that I did. <laughs> and I, I just don't want to go. I, I got to the point where I was working out and like my body would hurt and then it just go numb and then you mm-hmm. just keep working out. And then if you stopped working out, then your body got, you know, would start to hurt again. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I even when, when my career ended and I was back, I was still running, you know, two miles a day and working out. Then I was like, man, my I don't want to do this anymore. So I, I got out of shape, you know, and, you know, so I you know, started working out again, but you forget, it's so much easier to keep that when you have it versus yeah. giving it up and trying to get it again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so back to the snowboarding thing. So like, it was so hard for me to learn it. Like I have vivid memories of me at Liberty on an empty bunny hill, just like literally yeah. pounding my fist into the snow because I just could not get it. And like, it was almost like I was, I I never wanted to quit because it was something that I wanted to be good at, but also I didn't really have the option because it's one of those things like my mom would drive me up to Liberty, which is like an hour away from our house and like would sit in the lodge while I was like out there practicing. And it was one of those things like I didn't for some reason want to like quit and like waste the trip, you know? Yeah. So I would always Mm -hmm. stay out and, and it was tough and, you know, a lot of lessons and eventually things started to click and once they started to click then it finally became like fun like I think it was it was always cool like I always thought snowboarding was like this really cool thing which I still do but I think that's why because like I could go back and tell my friends like they didn't know how bad I was but I could be like yeah you know (laughs) it's snowboarding this weekend like you know whatever but um and once I got good like the defining moment for me where like it was like this euphoria moment is when I could finally like connect my turns from toe side to heel side and make like the nice S turns without having to slide sideways down the hill or have, I'd have confidence that I could skirt down. Um, Once that hit, I slowly made achievements towards just like proficiency in it. Yeah. And it's one of those things now that no matter what's going on, whether I'm having like, stress at work or money issues or life or this or that when i'm able to go snowboarding and when i get on the hill everything disappears out of my head it's like i'm there i'm focused on i'm focused on what i'm doing right i'm in this incredibly beautiful place and when i'm going down the hill like i'm focused on my next turn i'm focused on you know avoiding this fucking stick that's sticking out you know I'm, i'm focused on this jump that's coming up and how, how I'm going to land this and do that. And it's like for an entire day, I don't look at my phone. Yeah. Maybe just to play music. Like I am completely focused on this one thing and it's, I haven't found anything that can imitate that. There are activities, but in my life, like I have, there's nothing else that I can do that completely consumes my mind and takes me away from the stress and the thoughts and the planning and the, 
you know, strategizing of life. And it's great. Yeah. No, and that makes you more efficient at work and that, you know, because when you have something that you look forward to going to, you yeah. know, that, that makes you more efficient because, you know, hey, when I'm done my work, I, I get I get to go. That's that's like me when it's hunting season and, and I know that, hey, you know, it's it's hunting season. I'm going to be out and I'm going to be out in the woods hunting deer or I'm going to mm-hmm. be out going after duck or geese or whatever it might be. Or, or I'm going to go fishing. I, I know that, hey, I'm going to be more efficient during the workday because I, I got to go do this. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I wake up at 3 a.m. to go out to a fishing hole or if I, you know, go hunting to get up in a tree stand or go to a duck blind, uh, I know that, you know, that time that I miss in the morning, I'm going to have to make it up in the, the, in the, at, at, in the afternoon. So mm-hmm. it's the, well, that's like your passion is snowboarding. I mean, mine, mine is hunting and fishing and, you know, doing that stuff in the outdoors. I mean, if I could make a living doing that stuff, I would drop real estate in a heartbeat, but you know, that's, and we've had conversations about it in the past, you know, do you do what your passion is or do you what, or do you do what, you know, your skill is or what your gift is. And for me, my, my gift is, you know, more selling and, you know, doing real estate and stuff like that. And my passion really is, you know, you know, fishing and hunting and doing all that stuff. But that's the, you know, that's, that's a big quandary in life. Yeah. And I think right now, like my whole goal, my whole angle of moving out here is to slowly move closer to having my passion align with my employment. Yeah. Right. Like right now I have this skill of processing mortgage loans that I've acquired from working at this company. And it's in no way a passion absolutely not like it's just a financial pursuit it pays my bills it gives me enough money to live out here and to do what i want to do which is good but i've recognized and accepted that this is absolutely no way to live my life being stuck at a desk and just punching numbers in and stressing about other people buying houses um, or other people having money to buy houses but like the yeah the whole plan that I have is get out here, start making connections in the industry. Like I've been applying to jobs uh, within Vail resorts for some of their like strategic partnership positions or account management, working with their sponsors. Yeah. And my goal, and I I know eventually I'll get there. I just have to keep at it. The couple jobs I've applied for at the moment haven't panned out, but there's tons of opportunities. So I'm just kind of keep pushing with that. Um, but eventually I want that opportunity where I am waking up at 4 a.m. to go snowboarding, but I'm doing that with one of our partners and I'm getting paid for it for the day. Yeah. You know, that'd be sick. Yeah. And like, and like the thing for you, like you could transition some of your real estate portfolio into selling hunting cabins in like, yeah. you know, very pristine areas. And that way you're at least talking with yeah people that are like-minded, you know, hunting comes up in the conversation and it's more of like, somehow seeping in you know overlapping yeah. a little bit and that's kind of the whole the whole game my whole plan right now i have no idea how it's going to work out i never really do but i just kind of tackle what i can in the moment yeah you know it'll, it'll all work itself out you know at some point you know I, i'm a big believer in manifestation and all that stuff so mm-hmm. i i think that i think that everything at some point will come to an end but that's what earlier you said that you um uh uh what was it you said that you've been figuring out who you're not what what you know to figure out who you know what you who you are what have you found out that that you're not so far while living that's a good question that's a good question um i'm definitely that's a good hold on you you stumped me on that it's hard to like recall 
No, you're that's good. Why, that's why I get the big bucks. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Let me just kind of talk out loud, and I'm sure it'll yeah. come out as I kind of get to it. But I've just kind of, like, started with what jobs I enjoy and what jobs I don't enjoy. Like, I could be good at sales, but I'm not interested in selling something that I don't really care about. Like, yeah. that was my first job that I had in Chicago. I was selling trade show exhibit spaces for different conventions, and it was yeah. – a pretty cake job. Like it wasn't too difficult looking back. I think I probably put more effort into it than was required. And maybe that stressed yeah. me out, um, which isn't a problem, but like, I realized like, okay, I'm not someone who wants to sit on the phone and cold call. Right. Yeah. I don't blame maybe, you. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe if I was doing it with like a product that I like, like invented or yeah. some, some calls that I was actually passionate about where I enjoyed the talking, but I realized that I'm not someone who can just, turn my brain off and make cold calls and repeat the same jargon, you know, to each yeah. person. And, uh, you know, from there, like, uh, what I'm doing now, like I've realized that I'm not someone who wants to consistently sit at a desk and do a job just to make a paycheck. Yeah. Like that doesn't give me fulfillment. And if anything, it's taking me away from what I'd rather be putting my time into. Yep. Like I've got a spark that I could be, a self-employed business owner, but I haven't quite found that, that business that is sustainable or that I actually care about. So that's kind yeah. of a wishy-washy place right now. Yeah. Um, I have realized that I am really good at making relationships with people and fostering, you know, communication and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm putting that more towards, you know, what I could do in the future. Um, yeah you know, I've realized that I'm much more interested in outdoors and hiking and camping and snowboarding and just being out in the environment, but also doing it with a purpose. Um, like when I, I did program, uh, I led programs for SOS outreach when I was in Chicago and SOS outreach is a program that, um, it's like after school programming for underprivileged youth, um, that introduces them to snowboarding and skiing. So yeah. we worked with like 60 kids from uh, middle school and a boys and girls club in Chicago. And I got into the position and it was just like a two month thing where I set up, you know, all the connections and got the kids out to the mountain and facilitated like them getting in the lessons and just making sure all the rentals were there. And I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed kind of taking on that project and being the just controlling all aspects of it. I was pretty good at it and I definitely enjoyed that. So that's like a spark of, okay, well, that's a skill that didn't feel like work. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's like, I'm finding out what feels like work and what I'm just inherently yeah. interested in doing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just baby steps right now. Just right now I'm just working on getting my foot in the door out here. Yeah. Trying to transition out of this job as quickly as possible, but also trying to be strategic about it. <laughs> I hope that nobody from the company hears that and listens to the podcast. <laughs> I don't think they will. They're too busy selling loans. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the. Uh, it's funny you say it because the 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 line of work that you would be good at is like you said is the the account management, which is for me it, it just makes me want to just you know just 
off myself is the, <laughs> the, the idea of, you know, nurturing stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've spoken in the past about, you know, uh, personality styles and stuff like that. And I'm somebody who's very analytical and people think I'm a driver because I'm like, Hey, you know, I want it done and I want it done now. And I don't really care about the feelings um, or anything like that. And uh, when I was at Gartner, they wanted one of the main reasons I didn't want to have a job there is because they were like stick me in account management where you get, you know, five accounts and your goal is to grow those five accounts as well as, you know, find new business. And when I was there, I was really good at the, you know, hunting aspect of just finding all new business, you know, find a business, bring it in, hand it off to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you would probably be good at is, is a job that I was offered uh, for Mutual of Omaha doing uh, insurance sales and uh, health mm-hmm. insurance sales. And when you're doing that, it's like account management where you're forming relationships. Yeah. And then at that point, you know, you're you're doing that. But it, it would kind of be like, you know, you doing the uh, the snowboarding you know, in account management, if you find a doctor or if you find somebody who owns a business that really likes snowboarding, you take that client going out snowboarding yeah. and uh, the company pays for it, yeah. which for me, I, I don't like that kind of sales just because I, I, I don't like the relationship aspect of it. Um, <laughs> I've tried to work. I've tried to work on that, um, which, you know, because of real estate, you know, it's, it's good to have good, strong relationships. But, you know, I've gotten in trouble in the past where when I started, I was like, hey, find the business bring them in, sell their house, move on, get it done. And, and I've had to change that over the past because if you have that mentality, you know, like I have versus like you have, which is more nurturing, you know, you get more referrals that way mm-hmm. um, versus just saying, hey, you know, in lack of better words, you know, slam, bam, thank you, bam, you know, move on, which is, you know, a bad, a bad mindset. And when you have that mindset, you get, you don't, you don't get the good reviews you should. People don't have a good experience. That's something I've really worked on on my end. Mm-hmm. You just kind of miss out on some potential opportunity. Yeah, you miss out on potential opportunity. And my job as a realtor is to give people a great experience where because they're trusting us with their with their biggest asset. Um, and as I always tell people, my job is to do such a good job for you and give you such a good experience that if somebody thinks about selling real estate, hey, you say, hey, you got to call Grant Bitt mm-hmm. and, you know, and do that. So that's the but it's it's a whole different aspect. And, uh, and I come at it from the aspect of sales of a lot of people, you know, when I first got into it, you know, I took the aspect of, hey, you know, just, you know, shove it, you know, just ram it down their throat, get it done with, close the deal, move on. In a lack of better words, you know, put a, you know, jam the, you know, the square peg into the round hole. And uh, I've really taken into the aspect of, hey, if I can help, I can help. Here's how I can help, you know, ask a lot of questions. And, you know, the square peg goes in the square hole. The round peg goes in the round hole and the triangle peg goes in the triangle hole and, and work it out. And uh, and sometimes you do have to ram the, the triangle peg into the into the square hole, you know, to get a point across. But, you know, and when you do that, it's you, a lot of times relationships are broken and that's never fun because, yeah. you know, the job is to get it done to the end where people go, hey, that was a great experience. And, uh, you know, it's just food for thought, you know, if that's the mm-hmm. kind of, you know, sales, sales that you like. And I think it comes like, like building relationships is something that is intriguing to me because everyone yeah. is kind of different, but also kind of the same, yeah. like that I've learned. And it's one of those things like I've gotten the most lessons, or, or let me say it this way. Like, I, it's interesting to me because like, I constantly learn from other people, like no yeah. matter who it is, like I've learned from you, I've learned from the dumbest friends we've had. I learned from yeah. the smartest friends we've had. 
Like it's, it's all about kind of just understanding where people are coming from and, and everyone has a different background and everyone has different principles and everyone looks at things a different way that I don't. And it's kind of like, I, I learned not to assume I know somebody or assume I know how somebody's thinking, because even if I do, that's not really fun to think, you know, somebody like I'd rather ask and find out because I could be wrong. I could be right, but could be very wrong. You know, and also it leads, like I found people enjoy um, being asked questions about themselves because I don't think they get that a lot. No, Um, people's favorite conversation is themselves. Yeah. which is if, if you can get them talking about themselves, you know, mm-hmm. they, people love it. That's a, my, my favorite thing is, you know, a lot of people I'll walk away and they'll go, you know, Hey, you, I, I know a lot about you, but I don't know much of, you know, I, they, I know a lot about them, but they don't know anything about me. And uh, that's, that's selling, you know, asking a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be good at sales. <laughs> <laughs> Just depends what that is. But uh, another aspect of that too, is like, I've, let me see how I want to word this. Like the most difficult people in my life, usually adults or the yeah. people who have like walls built up or people mm-hmm. that off the bat, someone's like, Hey, like this guy's a dick. Like, just yeah. don't worry about him. Like getting, getting through those people's walls is like the most interesting because you, you just see a different side. I don't know. You see a different side yeah. of people. Like, and it, also teaches me how to deal with difficult people like for example if anybody knows me that went to high school with me you know mr watts uh mr watts we i did automotive uh eastern tech had like magnet programs like um allied health engineering you know i did automotive there was carpentry there was business so i took automotive and for sophomore junior and senior year we had Mr. Watts, who was the automotive teacher. And he was this, the only, the best way I can explain him is he is a spitting image of Donald Trump, both in appearance, <laughs> body composition, yeah, and, and specifically like mentality. Like he is from that yeah. generation. He's an old rich yeah. dude that got there, however he got there and, and has like yeah. owned businesses and just has like this very arrogant uh, posture and personality to him yeah, and was not afraid to just like be himself to the highest definition like but we we had him for three years throughout high school and many 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 times we butted heads with him there would always be arguments like and looking back this is a grown man arguing with high schoolers so yeah (laughs) take it take it for what it is but like like so so many stressful times came out of those classes but also it taught us how to deal with people that are being like confrontational with you how to yeah how to sit back in a situation and like analyze what someone's saying to you, how to realize yeah. that someone is just arguing because they're an old fuck who doesn't know how yeah. to have like a logical conversation. Yeah. And, and also like, we used to fuck with him all the time. Like we learned how to piss him off and we, we like as a group, as a class, there was probably 10 of us that were in the classes throughout all three years. And like, as a group without saying anything, just with like a matter of like, looks and like eye contact we'd all get on the same page we were just gonna like piss him off so he would leave us alone for the class <laughs> and and just by the way we would like answer questions or like kind of nonchalantly just like blow him off he would just eventually give up and go in his office and leave us alone for the whole class yeah. so, like hour and a half we have left in class but um but like through relationships with that like i am now not and there's been a number of people like that that i've come across but i'm no longer intimidated by those people like i'm yeah. willing to confront them not in like a mean way, but just like interact with them 
and yeah. understand that like, oh, this is this is this type of person. Like, okay, let's use these skills to mesh with them, you know? Yeah. Type of no, thing. I'm right there with you. That's what for me, that's the 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 biggest thing when people people like people who are like themselves. So whenever yeah. I get, for me, the, my favorite thing is dealing with different personality styles. So, it, you know, you have the, you know, the analytical, the driver, the expressive and the amiable. And um, for me, it's fun interacting with each and every single one of them and getting them to think that you're like them. And mm -hmm. then from there, it's, it's within reason a cakewalk. And uh, it's like when somebody's pissed, you know, if you if you're pissed with them, you know, typically they'll end up opening up their, you know, their shield. But, you know, somebody like that, you know, they're, they're just a dick. <laughs> yeah, they're just a dick. Sometimes you got to be a dick back to them. Yeah, exactly. Even though I did vote for Trump, you know, so, I, you know, twice. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and with a guy like that, it was one of those things that like, it got to a point where we were like, oh, this is just a big child. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like very smart. Like he knew the shit he was talking about, but also he's, he's just a big kid. Like, yeah, he, he's just a big kid that never got what he wanted. So he took what he wanted. Yeah. Well, that's somebody, <laughs> yeah, that's somebody, you know, self-esteem issue wants to boss around, you know, high schoolers. Yeah. Um, if we could take it back for a second at the beginning, yeah. when you were talking about your day. You had said um, that in the morning you do affirmations, um, you know, to kind of get your day started. What kind yeah. of things um, are you telling yourself? Like what, what works for you? Uh, I have about 30 things that I just say that, you know, just, you know, I'm a goal achiever, you know, I ask questions and, and different things of that nature to, you know, saying like, today's going to be a great day. Today's the day I'm going to make it happen. Today's mm -hmm. the best day of my life and, and going through those different things, um, you know, saying I'm a closer, you know, I, you know, I'm a goal achiever and uh, going through those things that just that. You know, when you wake up, you can tell yourself, you know, a, a handful of different stories when you wake up. You know, I think it was, you know, I, I think it was Steve Harvey who uh, actually has a really good story. If you ever listen to Steve Harvey, Harvey. he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah, great guy. Great story. And uh, he says that, hey, when you wake up in the morning, you can either say, hey, uh, you know, we're going to have a great day. And all your factory workers and your mind say it's not worth on to have a great day. Or you could wake up and say, oh, man, it's a bad day. I woke up on the side of the bed. And then next thing you know, all the factory workers say, oh, did you hear that? You know, uh, Mason's having a bad day. Grant's having a bad day. You know, and next thing you know, bad stuff starts happening. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I have different things posted around in my office slash bedroom because I work out of the house. And uh, like I have my goals, I have my vision board and, you know, different sayings, you know, on my mirrors that, you know, keep me going i mean i i have my goals on on the back of my screen on my phone and on my lock screen then on my on my you know home screen i have my vision board i carry around the index card with all my goals on it so everywhere i look there's you know positive reinforcement but um i just look at it as the fact of you can tell yourself you know it's, it's kind of like the story of you know what's the difference between a uh, uh you know a person who falls off of the empire state building and a dog you know, the dog, you know, the person tells themselves a story and the dog just falls. And mm -hmm. the question is, what, what kind of story are you telling yourself? Dude, that's so important because I have a handful. I know a handful of people on either side of that mentality of yeah. the go getters, the ones who realize that your brain is kind of just a mirror of what you're willing to say out loud. Yeah. You know, and it yeah. really does follow along with whatever narrative you decide decide to put out 
Like there's a lot of thoughts that I have that are negative that go both ways. Mm -hmm. And they've slowly, it's slowly been weeded out of my mentality. The the more I stick with, you know, the green side of the pasture and, and all the good thoughts, like I have less and less negative thoughts that seem to like pass through right my, yeah. my my field of thoughts that i can like pick out which ones i want to accept into my head but through that like you really do change your reality and like yeah. the, the the reality you decide to live in because yeah. and it's so it's so easy though to slip you know yeah. it's, it's like a very a very like it's like a chain link fence yeah. Right, like it, it, you can pass through one side or the other very, very fluidly, but yeah. you have to like make a conscious decision that okay, I'm I'm gonna be a positive person. Yeah, and it's easy, but it's hard. But if you're a negative person, you almost have to. You almost have to be. I don't want to use the word. You have to like dumb yourself down. Right. Yeah. Because you have to be like, okay, I'm going to live in fairy tale world for the next month and just lie yeah. to myself. And even if I wake up and I'm like, today's a bad day, man. Yesterday was yeah. a bad day. Like, I'm going to go through it. You almost have to be like, what if it's not? Like, like, yeah. lie, lie to yourself. <laughs> like, even if you yeah. feel like it's going to be a bad day, like you said, put a post note on your mirror when you brush your teeth that says, it's actually not going to be a bad day. Let's have a yeah. good day. Like word for word, put that. And then you read yeah. that and you see that and eventually you believe it. Yeah. It's it, it's like simple, but it's not like it's hard and it takes willpower, but only you can do it for yourself. Yeah. But it's easy, but it's difficult if nobody tells I, you that. Oh, it's it, the, the fact of the matter is that it's, uh, you know, it, it's, and I listen to people all the time and read a lot of books and all that stuff. And, you know, Jim Rohn, who says, you know, you know, life is everything's risky. You know, life's risky. It's so risky that you're not going to make it out of it alive. I mean, all of us are going to die. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, it's risky to not do it. It's also risky to do it. But, you know, you should see the tab for, for the bill when uh, for when you do, you know, you don't take the risk. But, you know, the, the payoff for when you do take the risk is, you know, just being positive, you know, is major because every, and, and it's also the fact of, you know, a lot of people and I, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, agree with this, but, and we've spoken about it in our mastermind groups is that I, I try and take responsibility for everything, mm-hmm. whether it's something that I could have done differently or anything like that. You know, I, I take responsibility for everything because, you know, say that, uh, you know, say, say I don't get a listing, I go out on a listing appointment and you just tell me, no, I'm not listing with you. I, you know, instead of just saying, Hey, you know, Mason, Mason didn't listen to me. You know, it's a, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, you know, I, 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 if I do that, I give you all the power versus if I walk out of there and go, Hey, I didn't get it. This is probably, this is what I did wrong. I, I obviously didn't bring enough value. I didn't answer, you know, an objection mm-hmm. is just a, an objection is just a, a question that hasn't been answered. And uh, I were I weren't able to make you feel comfortable. And hey, it's it's my fault. So um, I, I get a lot more. I all the all of a sudden the 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 my life goes from being in your hands to being in my hands, and, and I like having it in my hands. So work through this with me because you're you're absolutely right. Like you should take responsibility for things, but yeah. I feel like some people can't don't have the mental strength to deal yeah. with that responsibility. Like the words you just said, yeah. like. I didn't bring enough value. You know, I, I didn't do this. I, I could have done this better. Like, 
you have the mentality where you're like, okay, next time I'm going to go get it. Like next time I'll bring yeah. that value. But there's a lot of people that I feel like use those same words, How, uh, but it's a, it's like a depressing thing. Like they're yeah. sad. They're like, I didn't, I didn't bring it. Like I didn't do it. Like I failed. Right. It's a difference between like yeah. realizing what you can do better next time or thinking that you failed yeah. this time and like, and fail, fail, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that all, it, it's just the mindset that you have. I mean, I, I look at it as, you know, uh, what is it? Einstein, you know, you know, failed. What is it like 10,000 or a thousand times to figure out how to find a light bulb. But he found, you know, like what was it was like a, a handful of other inventions along the way. Mm-hmm. And in reality, you know, just the, the failure is a stepping stone along the way to success. And mm-hmm. if you fail a lot, you're going to more than likely succeed a lot. But failure is not failure if you learn from it. So, so I look at it of the fact of the matter of that, hey, you know, sometimes I'm going to get it. Sometimes I'm, I'm not. I mean, I really every time I go and knock on that door, go to do something, I expect to win. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't go into it expecting to lose. I expect to win. Um, but understand that stuff happens and you might as well learn from it because if you don't learn from it, then, you know, you're, you're never going to grow. So I think that for a lot of people, it's, you know, um, you know, a lot of people aren't strong enough mentally. And I think that's something that, you know, not to talk about the world and everything, but a lot of people aren't tough mentally nowadays. I I think that we live in a world where, you know, people say, oh, you know, it's not your fault. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, the man's getting you down and it's, you know, it's instead of taking responsibility and saying, Hey, this is, you know, this is on me. The great thing about America, whether you love it or hate it, people are flooding, you know, trying to get here. You don't see people swimming to try and get to, you know, Puerto Rico or, or, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, or, or, or Cuba, you know, they're trying to come here is because any day in your life in America, you can change your life. And, and all it just takes is, is, is your mindset saying, hey, I'm going to change my life today. Starting today, I'm going to change my life. But it's also why I like, you know, sports like golf and wrestling and running, where it's a solo sport. If you lose, yeah. it's on you. If you miss that six-foot putt, it's on you. If you don't make your run time, it's on you. If you don't beat that other guy in that wrestling match, it's on you. Versus in a team sport like lacrosse or football or basketball or, or soccer, if, if you lose, you can point your finger at somebody really easily versus yeah. just like with real estate or commission-based sales. If you don't do your job, it, it's your, your point at yourself, point at the person in the mirror. What do you think is something that has taught you that mental toughness? Because like for me, I equate my discipline to achieving things in my hobbies yeah like the biggest thing that's taught me hard work and that putting in the time gives you the results is all the time i've spent in the gym yeah you know because my i you know when i started working out sophomore senior year of high school i had this vision of like this physique i wanted and like all these people like it seemed impossible like it was like there's there's no way that if i go to the gym for an hour a day Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to have this, this body that I see in photos like that, yeah. that doesn't seem real, but it, that's what it is. And yeah, you know, each day, if you look in the mirror, you don't see anything, but now yeah. a year later, you look back at where yeah. you were before. And it's like, wow, I, I fuck, I did that. Yeah. Like nobody else lifted the weights. Nobody else drove yeah. me to the gym. You know, no, nobody, nobody, I did it. And, and yeah. like that for me has proven 
that there's, there's nothing that you can't do if you want to do it. You just yeah. have to want to do it. Exactly. And that's the, the, for me, it was the same thing. I, I think that a lot of people don't understand delayed gratification nowadays. Yes. I think everybody wants it now. That's the biggest issue with, you know, Amazon prime, you get, you get your thing delivered the same day. Um, I, I have never really had a, an, an issue with sacrificing today to succeed or have what I want in the future. Um, which is, I think a lot of people, they go and do something and it's kind of like the photos you see of, you know, it's like two people side by side that are like digging for diamonds. And there's the one person who said who just gave up and they're walking away and they're like an inch away from the diamonds. And the other person is, you know, keep on keeping on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that, you know, the biggest thing today is just delayed gratification. I, I think that sports taught me that. I think working out taught me that. And uh, I, I have always, you know, I've, I've had a father who has pointed me in the right direction and, and, you know, mom and, you know, and I'm blessed for that. And uh, I've read the right books and stuff like that. And, and I always try and, you know, a lot of people are either fear-based or pleasure-based. You know, a lot, some people are chasing towards a, a, a dream and other people are running away from something. Um, and, and I try and do both. I, I try and, you know, have the, the, you know, a lot of people use the analogy of, a, you know, the horse chasing after the carrot or the horse getting smacked with a stick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I try and use both to, yeah. to even myself out, because if you're just fear based, then you're going to get burnt out. And I've been burnt out in the past with sports. Um, and, uh, but also if you just use the carrot and you're going towards the big lofty dream, you, you get caught up in never, never land. And you're thinking about this great, amazing dream, but you're not doing anything to achieve it. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's something that I, I don't, I think the, the biggest thing is that, and, and we don't teach it in school is that people need to be taught, you know, different life skills. And I think that people growing up need to read books like Think and Grow Rich and As a Man Thinketh and, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and those kind of books just because, you know, they help set the foundation. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Those aren't the books you read in school. Yeah. Like those, you you read, like I read Lord of the Rings and Animal Farm uh, and and, I was supposed to read those books. I, I couldn't tell you a book <laughs> I was supposed to read. I, you know, I want the Huckleberry Finn. I, I, I don't know any of those books. I, I think that, you know, it, it's, I, I, uh, um, as, as I have said numerous times to different professors I've had, or, you know, uh, the president of High Point University, when I speak to him, when I speak to him pretty regularly, like, why aren't you, t- why aren't you mandating that people their senior year or freshman year have to write a paper on think and grow rich or as a man thinketh or something that's a good, you know, life-based book. Because yeah. I, I personally, I don't, you know, yes, if you're a computer scientist or, 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 or doctor or a physical therapist or an engineer, you're going to use what you learned in college in your field. But mm. if, if, if me as a business major, I, I don't use a dang thing that, that I used in, in college, that I learned in college in, in the real world. I, 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 don't, I don't use a dang thing at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting part. You said something uh, in your, it, when you first started talking about, you, you said the uh, two people digging for diamonds and one gives up and the other one keeps trucking. Um, yeah. When you had said that, I recently got not recently, but I have um, the this book, The Alchemist, on yeah. audiobook. If you've heard of it, have you read it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I listened it's been to that a while, book. but yeah, yeah. Whenever I have like super long road trips, I like to put that audiobook on. Um, it's really good for the audio version, but it's for those that don't know it. It's just like this 
story of um, a boy, I forget the country it's based in, but it's like a, a mountainous region, maybe like Nepal or something like that. Yeah. And, and the boy starts out as like a shepherd and then he decides that, or he has this reoccurring dream of these treasures over in Egypt and he decides he's gonna yeah. chase this dream and, and this and that. And uh, kind of early on, he meets this, like it's a real person when he meets him. Uh, but anyway, the, the guy is like giving him wisdom about chasing that dream that he keeps yeah. having. And he says that people are, the most people are the closest to achieving their dreams right when they're ready to quit. And all yeah, you have exactly. to do is push through that and it's right there for you, but yeah. you, you don't, you you don't get the satisfaction of achieving it until you're burnt out and think it's yeah. impossible. And it's like, once you hit that point, and I've experienced it myself. Like yeah. once you, once you hit that point and you just have the discipline just to, lie to yourself and say yes it is possible and push through yeah. that like that's when you get it like literally right on the other side of that yeah and like i've had that experience like just with like this job i have when i, when I started yeah. processing with this like i came into the mortgage industry with zero experience and buying a house or zero money like yeah. to this extent no experience at all and had to learn kind of all from the start and it was probably without a doubt the hardest thing that i've had to do yeah. to like merge into this lane of business um, and I was, I was ready to quit midsummer. Like I had my plan. I said, I was going to, you know, forget this. Like I'm moving back down to ocean city. Like I'm going to start bartending down there. You know, yeah. you make good money. You don't have to do any of this shit. And yeah. like literally had the phone call, had the job lined up, like was looking for houses and ready to put like my two weeks in. And I swear like a day or two before I was going to do that, we had this like progress update meeting with my boss and my manager and they were both like, Mason, you've been doing a great job. Like this is like basically just like flattered yeah. me with, with all these like compliments and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck, I can't do quit now. Like <laughs> I can't like take all that and be like, Oh, by the way, I'm going to like leave yeah. you guys hanging. And so I stuck, I stuck with it. And like literally from that moment on, I was like, okay, like, we're just, we're just going to do this. We're going to get this down. Right. Yeah. Like the money's good. I'm going to get a raise. Like, we're just going to stick this out until I can make my moves to Colorado. Yeah. And I mean, that was yeah, that, that exact situation. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is it, it, not to get religious or spiritual with you. You I can mean, go ahead. You can the, um, the, the whole entire factor of free will that, you know, God or whoever you believe in, you know, whether it's God or Allah or Buddha or, you know, or, or some animal, whatever up in the sky. How uh, the fact that they already say, hey, your life's already determined and every decision that you make, you know, us getting on this podcast is already determined by God, you know, uh -huh. today. And, and I don't like that idea. I, I like the idea that, you know, I, I make the decisions in my life. I, I'm, I have the ability to decide what I want to do. But there's this whole entire factor of, you know, Ed Milet says, who Ed Milet's a great motivational speaker and, and, and talker. Yeah. And, and he says that, uh, you know, I, I think that he says that heaven is when you get up to heaven and God says, okay, well, this is, this is what you were supposed to be. Let's yeah. see what you, you know, and, and this is who you, this is who you died as. And, and are you, are you a twin or, or do you not know who each other are? But yeah. I, I think that I, the, the biggest thing is like you just said, you know, nothing. And I heard this today. It's funny you brought that up. Nothing in my life that came that's, you know, a blessing or something that's great that happened came, you know, just from easy come easy go. It all came through struggle. 
um, and perseverance. I mean, nothing that's good in your life, you know, came into your life without a little bit of discomfort. And if when people look at it that way, all of a sudden you go, you know, a lot of people think that pain and challenges and roadblocks are, are negatives versus I look at it and go, hey, that's positive because there's something good on the other side. It's like when somebody yeah. gives me an objection, I'm like, oh, you know, good, an objection. We're, we're, we're close to the end. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. we're going to close here. And, and it's all the mindset <laughs> that, it, yeah, I mean, we're almost to the end. And that's uh-huh. the. It's all it's it's all your mindset behind it. But that's the it's it's the it's funny the that book The Alchemist I forgot about that the the book The Alchemist is also like a book called Acre of Diamonds where this okay. guy in Africa and uh, the the entire book is resolved, revolved around this guy in Africa. It's uh if you look up Earl Nightingale, who you know I I love mm. Earl Nightingale. He uh, uh basically this guy in South Africa learned about diamond mining. So he sold his farm and went off to mine diamonds. And um, he ended up dying looking for for diamonds. And what he didn't know is that actually after he died, the person who bought his farm, they were in the river one day in the stream cleaning some stuff and they saw a diamond. And next thing you know, that his farm became the epicenter of the diamond mine, you know, the, the, the diamond mining, uh, uh, operation. Mm-hmm. And while he was out searching for diamonds, if he would have just looked where he was, he would have found a whole bunch of diamonds, which, you know, comes along the factor of, you know, the, the, the grass is greener where, where you water it. And a lot of people are worrying about, you know, what other people are doing. And I could care less what other people are doing. If they, and a lot of people get jealous with other people's success. You, when other people have success, you should be thrilled for them because that means you can be successful also. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing is that, you know, if you just, you know, instead of worrying about what other people are doing, worry about what you're doing, water your own grass, look at that to be as, hey, it can be done and then go to there versus, you know, being upset about it. But I, yeah. I think the people's mindset, I think mindset, if you don't have the right mindset, you're, you're screwed. Yeah, I, uh, I completely agree. Uh, and what you had said at the beginning there about free will, I think that's an interesting topic because I think about that a lot. I think about yeah. that a lot because, and I don't know which way I feel about it because I have noticed that there is definitely a subconscious trajectory that my life is going in yeah. that I'm not really in control of. Like yeah. there's definitely something guiding my path. And I, I like, I don't, I'm not committed to a specific religion, but I do recognize yeah. that this shit isn't all happening by chance. Yeah. And I'm humble enough to say that I'm definitely not making all of it happen. Exactly. Like, there's there's definitely something that is pushing me in a direction and maybe it's because everything is predetermined and i'm simply yeah. i'm simply looking out for the opportunities and yeah. recognizing that okay boom that one okay boom that yeah. one like yeah. and and for an example of like what i'm talking about it's like and maybe the reason why i'm so interested and like devoted to relation building is because all of my opportunities have come from people that i've met and all yeah. of my like I've, let me think before I say this, I haven't gotten any job that I've applied for. Yeah. I've only gotten jobs that people have vouched for me, that people have put oh. their name on, on me. Like when I moved to Chicago, it was an alumni of my fraternity, Eric Gudler, that helped oh. me get that job. He knew the people out there and he was willing to put his name on me and get yeah. me the job. Like that program lead thing I did in Chicago for SOS Outreach, like 
my good friend Travis had done that job and put me in, put in a good word for me to get that position after he was done. When I moved yeah. back to Maryland uh, during June from the pandemic, like I, I needed a job in Maryland and didn't even ask, didn't even ask. Like yeah. we have a fraternity group chat on Snapchat. That's usually just meant for sending stupid videos and like yeah. drink, drinking <laughs> hookups and stuff like that. And, yeah. and like my buddy uh, Spencer, who good friends with before and now he had put in a Snapchat. I don't check it every day. You know, yeah. but I happened to be in it that day that he was looking for an assistant at work. Yeah. And I really didn't even know what he did. Yeah. Uh, but I was just like, yeah, sure. Like, and, and so from that connection, like I started his assistant part-time transitioned out of my Chicago job and then went full-time with Fidelity. So yeah. it's like, I, and that job put me on a path to get here Yeah. when the job I had applied for the year before failed. And yeah. it's like, who like if I was trying to plan this, a job at a mortgage business is never anything that I would have searched for. Yeah. And even when I got the job, I was in the office. It wasn't a remote position. Yeah. You know? And, and so it's like that specifically is like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just trying to cast a wide net and, yeah. and like pick out, you know, the opportunities that are best for me in the moment. Amen to that one. I'm right there with you. (laughs) But it's all, I mean, like a part of me feels like it's all random. A part of me feels like it's all destined. A part of me feels like I do have control. A part of me feels like I don't have control. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's all, I'm just kind of like holding on for the ride. (laughs) (laughs) And that's also why I don't really get stressed when things don't go well. Like I'm in the, I'm in the process of applying for a bunch of jobs out here trying to, you know, like I said before, move into the different industry and I apply for jobs. I don't get them. You know, there's jobs I don't qualify for. I don't stress about it. It's, it's just like, if I, as I know, I'm confident that as long as I keep on this plane of thought, eventually I'll intersect with that opportunity that is for me. Yeah. Like it's not every, it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. It's also a, a time you yeah. got to put the time in like yeah. maybe i don't deserve to get a little philosophical like maybe i don't deserve the job i'm yeah. looking for yet not that yeah. i'm not qualified or i can't do it but maybe for some reason i don't deserve it like maybe i have yeah. to work a little harder to get that because what i'm chasing is really the the job i've always wanted like always yeah. a job that'll allow me to snowboard and get paid for it and get yeah. paid well like maybe yeah. maybe i'm just not the universe just is like, got to give a little more, you know, yeah. before we can give this to you type of thing. And I like thinking like that. I, I think life yeah. is fun when you think like that. Like there's just a bunch of woo-woo energy out there. Yeah, um, I like that. That's, <laughs> I, 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 I like sending out good, you know, good vibes and good juju and, you know, good vibrations. And if you send out good vibrations, they, they come back to you. Yeah. Oh, and, and it's crazy that you say that because I feel the same way. Like my whole my whole strategy right now is like, what can I control? I can control what yeah. I put out. And that's yeah. really all. I can't control what other people do. You know, I can mm-hmm. put out good energy and someone can be a dick and that's yeah. fine. But also that usually doesn't happen. But yeah. Like if I'm, if I'm objectively a good person and I should also say like, I enjoy being nice to people. Yeah. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like I'm doing it. Like I'm like trying to manipulate. I'm like, Ooh, if I'm nice yeah. to you, like what am I going to get in return? Like, it's not like yeah. that. Like I just, I just get, I just live in a better plane of existence. Yeah. When you live on that, like generosity. That's what I have found that when you, when, when I have in the past, when I've, 
when I've given money away or donated money or done something that's good, you know, typically more good stuff comes back to me, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I'm trying to find stuff and in, in work and, you know, speaking with my dad and, and family about how, how do we set stuff up so, we're, you know, we can take a portion of all of our commission checks and donate it to a good cause um, and, and do stuff like that. Because I think that the more, you know, that you give, the more that you get back. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that that's a good philosophy to live by. Yeah, and it's a take from uh, Arnold. I don't know what um, speech it was from because it's on like a mix that I listen to sometimes. But Arnold has like his four rules of of life. And and one of them is like you have to remember to give back like to your community, to your to your city, to your friends, like whatever you do, whatever success you find, it's you have to find a way to give back to the yeah. community or to like the, the area that basically allowed you to gain that success. Yeah. And that's how the community thrives is because so many people take their success and take their money and Bolt. use it for themselves. Yeah. Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Not us, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we got, man. We're at uh, about an hour and 10 minutes. You want to, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, sure. It's past my bedtime. Oh, old man Grant. <laughs> I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read my book. What am I? I forget what, you, what I'm reading now. What are you reading right, right now? Oh uh, shoot! Let's see. Let me let me walk over. Let me see what I'm reading now. Yeah, I'm going reading, to the library for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading. Uh, Barking up the wrong tree, and I'm reading. Uh, Freedom flight: the origins of mental power. Oh, I'm a sl- I'm a slow reader, so it takes it takes some time. Yeah, no, so, I'm such a slow reader that I just listen to audiobooks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the brightest, so I, I like reading it and highlighting it and looking at it and then mm-hmm. doing that. How long does it take you to get through like a book? I mean, they're all different sizes, but I, uh, I, I try and read, you know, t- at least either thirty minutes or twenty pages, which or you know, whichever comes first. And usually, if a chapter is twenty pages, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. And if you can read, you know, twenty pages a night, you know that that can get you through. You know, even if you did ten pages a night, I mean, that's getting you through at least, you know. A book and a half a month you know if you're saying the yeah. average book is you know 150 to 200 pages you know even even if you're just doing just weekdays not even weekends mm-hmm. so that's that's the but it, it I, I i read pretty slow they they thought i was dyslexic in school but they're they just like oh your, your kid's just dumb <laughs> he's just taking he's just taking his time he's highlighting yeah yeah he just thinks <laughs> I, I was the kid when they did popcorn reading they, they'd call on me just to get us everything to slow down i'd be like oh the dog <laughs> yeah look at you now reading two books at a time yeah exactly <laughs> don't even remember what they say that's why i highlight them <laughs> yeah oh, that's the thing with reading too like i have the trouble of when i read versus when i listen yeah. like when i read i have to not only comprehend the words i have to make sure that i'm understanding what the word is because sometimes like i see a word and i don't know how to pronounce it so i get stuck i'm like what what is this word and then yeah. like that throws me off of my train of thought but then when I listen to the books and have someone read it to me, A, yeah. it's dope because I feel like I'm just literally downloading knowledge into my brain by yeah. putting headphones on. Um, but I, I can like hear the spoken word. I can hear it fluently. Yeah. Through, like, like the idea comes to me, the, the, the basis of the words. Like I, it's less effort. It's yeah. a lazy way to do it. But 
you can also do while you're working out and stuff like that. I mean, that's like, I, I listen to different tapes, like the coach and the mentor I have, Mike Ferry. I mean, I, I listen to all of his tapes from the, you know, nineties and two thousands mm. and presence. I mean, I listen to all that and, you know, the different salespeople or NLP, you know, uh, different tapes that I listen to. I listen to all that stuff. I probably listen to that stuff more than I listen to music. I think that's so valuable because I have uh, like, I really only use Spotify for like four tracks and they're really? all hour long motivational mixes that I just randomly stumbled across a couple of years ago, but like yeah. they're fantastic. And it's like just a mix of like Arnold CT Fletcher, like Mike Tyson yeah. has a couple of things in there. Will So much that I, I memorized it. Like, when those yeah. lines come up in the in the track, I'm like saying them out loud while I'm working. Yeah, out. it's like <laughs> mouthing the words, but it's such there's such powerful quotes that I get so much value out of just playing those on repeat. And if anybody's you know to this point in the podcast and wants that track, I'd be happy to send it to you because it's done so yeah. much for me. Like there's days when I'm just kind of down or just like not yeah. finding motivation through music and looking for a little bit more hype than like a book, and and just yeah, I, I'll just put that on, and all of a sudden it's like these men that have achieved great success yeah. telling me, telling me what to do. Like that's such a yeah. value that we have now is like, you literally can in three seconds go on YouTube and like, yeah. Have these moguls in the industry just be like, Hey, yeah. by the way, this is what I did. Do yeah. that. Like, <laughs> that's, and that's what, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who can flip the switch very easily, whether, you know, I, I can turn it on very easily, but it's difficult for me to turn it off. And, um, but, but for me, even somebody like me who can flip the switch real quick, it, it's nice having some, you know, a voice to listen to that, you know, says, Hey, this can be done. Here's some motivation just to, you know, kick you along a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's a, the, I, I think that even somebody like me who, you know, I can go from being nice to, you know, you know, flipping the switch and be in the other direction very quickly, or at least just turn it on for business, you know, very easily. And, and even I need something where it's, you know, somebody like C.T. Fletcher or Arnold or Ed Milet or, you know, even Jordan Belford, who, who's got some good stuff on YouTube, you, you know, you know, listen, that kind of stuff is, is very valuable. And listen, a lot of people like Tony Robbins, 30 Days of Personal Power and those different tracks. I mean, the, the greatest thing about it is that our parents would have had to pay. Thou- My dad paid thousands and thousands of dollars for different stuff back in the day. When thousands and thousands of dollars was, you know, it's a lot of money today, but it's a lot of money back then. Mm-hmm. And to us, it's it's all free. You just you just yeah. Google that. And it's up on YouTube for free. I mean, I listened to Tony Robbins, 30 Days of Personal Power, and that cost a couple thousand bucks back in the 90s. And it's free now. And I just listen to it, which is, it's a blessing. Yeah. You listen to it while you're eating lunch. Like, <laughs> yeah, while I'm, while I'm eating lunch. And, you know, I, I think I'll listen to it while I sleep tonight. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And it's just, and like, for that aspect, it's all about what you decide to download into your brain. Yeah. Like, like there's definitely days when I'm, my, I'm like just looking to relax and I'll just watch like some gaming videos or like a, like a comedian's podcast or something that doesn't yeah. really, or like I'll watch the office or like, but yeah. there's days like in the morning sometimes when I'll put one of these motivational mixes on and it just like, same thing as the affirmations. It just gets those, those words in your head. And it's just like, Oh yeah, I can do it. That's what we're doing. You're like, let's get it. And it's all free. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody, yeah, most people don't use it. No, not at all. But no, you got to send me that mix and I'll listen. Oh, yeah, I will. Do you have SoundCloud? No, I don't have SoundCloud. Dude, I, I use, you know, I'm cheap. You know that. I, I use, I, I, 
it's free yeah but i i have everything on youtube i i have everything on itunes i use youtube mp3 converter and uh, i don't i don't even pay for the spotify membership the five or ten bucks a month but mm -hmm. if you send it to me text it to me and i'll take a look at it i'll take yeah, a look I'll, it. I'll text it to you it's probably the best mix i've found it's definitely only available on, on uh, soundcloud you might not even have to download it to listen to it but if you do just download it you it's worth yeah. your time i promise i'll download no, i still intense. get an iphone i still get an iphone <laughs> 7 i gotta update <laughs> it's all right no you're fine that one's doing the same thing mine's doing <laughs> all right man well let's wrap it up i really appreciate you taking some time and doing this i hope people get some value out of what we talked about my pleasure i hope so too no thanks for having me on absolutely all right grant good night sorry it's past right. your bedtime <laughs> all right peace brother <laughs> see ya